Welcome to another exciting and elucidating episode of the OmniTalk Ask an Expert series. I am your host, Ann Mazinga. And I am Chris Walton. And we are the founders of OmniTalk, the fast-growing retail blog that is all about the companies, the technologies, and the people that are coming together to shape the future of retail. Or as we like to say, Chris, the series that focuses on tomorrow's companies today. Yes, we do. Okay, we have a super hot topic today. I'm so, The hottest, actually. Yes, the hottest. So hot, it would be like a firework. It, it would if be, I, If I tease it. Yes, um, nicely done. <laughs> today, we're so excited that you all could be with us here on LinkedIn and listening. Um, our discussion is focused on live streaming. Everybody, as we know and have been reporting from Walmart to Amazon is doing it, which means that many of you have likely been asked by your bosses or your boss's boss to put live streaming into your 2022 content strategy. So Chris, in order to make sure that people can avoid the three mistakes that you might encounter when you're designing your live stream live streaming strategy. We've brought someone very special onto the show, joining us for the first time ever on OmniTalk, one of the foremost experts in the world of live streaming and digital content creation. Fireworks co-founder and CEO, Vincent Yang. What what an intro, Vincent. We are excited to have you. Yeah, and you're enthusiastic yes. about that. Wow. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. We, we you, fireworks been on our radar for a while. I think even back when you guys launched right away with Albertsons, we had Jason, Jason Holland, Holland on the show and we yes. were really excited to get you on the show, the CEO and founder. Finally. Yes. I'm very excited. Finally, I got invited. I waited for a year. So I'm really looking forward to be here. So for, the, for those, that, for those that are listening, Vincent has quite the sense of humor. So we're excited about this one. Well, Vincent, why don't we start out? Why don't you tell us about your yeah. background? Because I, I, I think Anne might've actually undersold it a little bit as enthusiastic as she was. I mean, you are quite possibly one of the foremost experts on the concept of live streaming in the marketplace right now. Um, so tell us about your background and how you came to be at Firework. Yes. So, uh, so I've been an entrepreneur after uh, in the last eight years. So before I co-founded Fireware, I built a business called Everstream. It was the largest predictive analytics company. I raised over a hundred millions and, and ended up getting acquired by a company called ZoomInfos. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I spent most of my time with investment banking like JP Morgan's and private equity firm like Summit Partners. So during my six years over there in finance, I started to look at so many businesses across China and also in the US. So then after I sold my last company, I've been looking at what's the next big things. And then one thing that caught my eyes was short video and a live stream due to one of my trip back in China because I was born and raised over there. Okay. And then I suddenly to see, I'm sure you all know live streams a lot come from China, the way how Taobao, yeah. the way how Alibaba did it. So when I was there, I was amazed by how all of my friends, even my parents, right? They're all shopping using Taobao and watching the live streams. And that's why when I come to the U.S. and say, you know what? This is something that, you know, eventually is going to come from the East to the West. Can we figure out a way to do it here? That's kind of the original idea for Fireworks. Can we build something that can empower all the retailer, all the brands to be able to have the short video that's shoppable and also live stream in the Western market? That's kind of the original ideas. Yeah. And I'm curious, like as you, as you're, I'm curious as you're assessing the market now in terms of Mm. the differences you're seeing between the U S and the Chinese market, you know, what, what, what is it that makes us different in terms of the adoption curve that you're seeing so far over here? Yeah. So I see a, a, a very big difference. So in China, of course, they are already very big last year. 
the total market uh, in China, they, the GMV, they did about $435 billion sales. Jeez. That's crazy. All come from live journey e-commerce. It's very, very big. In the right. US, the number was very, very small, right? But mm -hmm. the good part is pretty much all the major retailers, all the D2C brands, everyone's trying to figure out how to really right. do the live stream. Amazon has been doing it for three years with their shoppable live stream platforms. Mm -hmm. And then Walmart has been testing non-stops, right? And now, mm -hmm. you know, you are seeing H&M has been doing that. Nordstrom has been doing that. You know, Forever 21 has been doing Everybody was trying to really crack the code. But in my mind, is no one has really figured out how to bring that thing from the East to the West. And here's why. Because in China, all the $435 billion sales was happening inside of a mobile app. Mm -hmm. where people are very used to purchase product inside of a mobile apps. Mm -hmm. And also China is very centralized. So essentially four to five major apps dominate the whole countries. Right. Are you in a West, mobile right? app, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. We call the super apps, et cetera. Apps, yeah. Whereas in a Western market, things are very different. Social media, in China, social media is everything, right? But in the Western market, social media is more for social. It wasn't really for shopping. Mm -hmm. So 97% of transactions, the e-commerce and all the other, actually do not happen on social. It happened on website, right? That's one thing that's fundamentally different. So to give an example, like Shopify. Shopify, you know, before the stock market correction was $250 billion market cap, was actually five times bigger than Snapchat. But in China, there is no Shopify. There's nothing like that because there's no website, right? So that's fundamental. That's why everybody shop inside of the apps. But in the US, you know, retailers, people shop on retailer, people shop on DDC. That's the first thing that's fundamentally different. So because 97% transaction happen on a website, so so many retailers, they never focus on a the site. They're trying to find what's the top of Alibaba version in the US do live stream there. They're doing live stream on somewhere else place. Right. But which in, right, the right way to do is do it on their own website. This is the place where shopping happens. So I think that's one of the biggest mistakes or misconception what people see. Oh my gosh. This is, this is, we're only like a couple of minutes in here and it's like, oh, it's already mistake yeah, number one, Anne. obviously. Yeah. Um, well, Vincent, so the name of this, this event is called three mistakes to avoid when designing your live streaming strategy. So you've already kind of hinted there at one major thing that people should consider, but I'm wondering if you can just go into some of the mistakes that uh, you're seeing brands and retailers make. And a quick note before I have you answer, for those of you watching, if you have questions that you want to throw for in sure. for Vincent and the firework team while we are talking, please put them in the chat to the right and the team will be answering throughout the conversation. So just a quick note to do that. But Vincent, if you will fill us in here, what are the other major mistakes that you're seeing brands and retailers? Yeah, I, I've seen mistakes beyond three. So I've seen <laughs> <laughs> minimal mistakes here and uh do you like keep a clipboard as you're watching yes. all the different retailers and you're like yeah checking it off? So, like hey we, this we, is not good this is not good this is not good yeah so where do i start because we talk a lot with retailers with d2c brands in both market but by the way our business also cover asia so we cover very big in japan in india so in europe so you know we see the adoption across different countries it's also very interesting see they're using live commerce in a very different ways. But, but now let's go back to the mistake. I think the first mistake is yeah. what I just described is the retailer and the brands are focused on doing live stream elsewhere in other mm -hmm. people's apps. But what they should really focus on is in their own app, in their own website. Mm -hmm. Let's say Albertson Safeway is their own website, safeway.com, right. 
right? Let's say the fresh market also recently adopted Fireware. It's on the freshmarket.com because that's the places where transactions happen. So that's the first mistakes, right? Things should be on the own website. Second mistakes, and uh, which is even bigger, is every time when they think about live stream in the Western market, they think about high production costs. They think about, oh my God, live stream, I have to hire celebrities. <laughs> I have to have like a 10 people camera crews, right? right? I have to spend one month planning. They think about a video is almost like a Super Bowl commercials. Right. If right. anything is not like the Super Bowl commercial standard, I cannot put it on the website, right? Things need to be flashing, need to be high end, need to be high production, etc. Whereas what you look at in China or in Asia, Majority of people, when they do live stream, is literally have their store associate, have their own employees. Mm -hmm. It's very different. It's not influencer. It's not celebrity. So to give an example, one of our clients is called Muji. Muji is a yeah. global retailer, about $5 billion in revenues in Japan, have over a thousand stores. They have seen a dramatic decrease of their food traffic. So they come to Fire to say, you know what? I want to do live stream, but on my website. But I don't want to do the traditional way. I want to bring the same shopping experience that you only seen offline to online. I'm going to have my store associate to do that. So every week, they literally have their store manager, store associate facing the cameras. And when I say the camera, it's a smartphone, right? right. Yeah, right. And then to talk about that. So the result is crazy because normal people think, oh, you know what? The store, you know, those are not actor, actress. They're able to get people engaged for an average of 20 minutes per session. 20 minutes. And then the active shopping cart ratio is 51%. So the benchmark is average attention span a consumer spend on a website is two minutes. For this one, 20 minutes. Even a celebrity cannot people getting engaged with their content for 20 minute per session. Active shopping cart ratio beforehand, just not using this is about 1.8% to 2%. Here is 51%, right? That's kind of the power of doing the live stream in the right yeah. ways, which is more authentic. And is that that's what you just said the word I was going to ask you? Like, is it is it that? Is it the authenticity that's creating that? I mean, don't get me wrong, we're all for low production value here at OmniTalk. I mean, <laughs> we've made a we've made our career on that. So we are hundred percent on board with what you're saying there. But is that what it is? And I mean, that's kind of yeah. what we what we believe too, is it's the authentic yeah. nature of of what you're talking about so, that matters. Is that it or is there more to it? So I think there's more to it, but authenticity is one of the biggest one that you know people talk about because. There's one thing I always talk to the same is that everybody is trying to really figure out how to target the next generation consumer, which is millennial and Gen Z. The way how millennial and Gen Z are receiving a brand is very different. They have three key topics they focus on. One is transparency, one is authenticity, mm -hmm. and a third is community. These are the three key elements, right? And, you know, this Gen Z, they want to avoid, they want to block anything they view as ads. Right, because mm -hmm. they don't want commercial. Ever since this is stage, this is fake, this is an ad, mm -hmm. but they want authentic, authentic content. This is very important. Also, they want a feeling of a community because live stream. There's another very interesting thing is you can actually chat, you can interact with the host. That's what we do, right? We're interacting right. with doing each other, right? Right. So, right. That's why the on the top, the the many interview users are diehard fans. They're not like just coming once and forget about it, right? They're coming back again, and again. This is a community feeling that. The young generation in the real life. That's another thing that interactive live stream can bring to every single brand. And Vincent, I know we have you know retailers and brands listening to this and their advertising and marketing teams on here. I I'm just curious, like 
what happens when you, the, the brand or retailer makes that decision? And, and is it, you know, are they having to train staff differently? Like what's involved in that? And then how does firework kind of come in, in those instances yeah. to kind of bridge that gap a little bit? Yeah, I would say that's a very good question. So I'll use two examples. Once it's in Japan and once in the U S because okay. we're in a little bit different adoption cycles. When I look at a lot of our clients in Asia, they don't even need training. They are very well-versed. They're much later stage in their adoption. Remember the, the book called Crossing the Chasm, right? You yeah. find yeah. early adopted the mainstream. I would say Asia, the East is really in the mainstream adoption. So all they need from us is literally just the software and also the infrastructure. So okay. from creating a live stream, hosting a live stream, streaming a live stream on their website, inside of their apps, multi-stream to their socials, and also putting on to everywhere else. They just need that. But in terms of content, at least our clients in Asia, they're very well, they're very used to have their store associate doing themselves, right? Mm. We only offer some small guidance. We give them some playbook. We give some best tip, and that's pretty much it. Whereas in the Western market, people are a little bit, I think two years behind. They still hold a view about, <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm in order to do a, 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 a live stream, they need to have a studio. They need to go to Hollywood, right? So right. it's very different. So for those cases, we still help them. What I find is about, I beat up a 30 people team, just what we call the production houses. So we are actually helping these retailer, right? Let's say Alberts and Safe and other, we actually help them to create content. We actually even help them to do what we call managed live streams. So essentially our team go and do the whole live stream for them, right? And because I believe in, we eventually I want everybody to do it themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. I think in the US, we are now doing a little bit hand-holding phase for the first six months to 12 months to show it to them. See, it's not too difficult. See, we can do it. <laughs> Right. And eventually, I think U.S. is going to get to a mass adoption phase in the next two years. Wow. In two years. That's fast. So That's can, two years. Yeah. So you kind of hold their hands, walk along that branch for the, with them right now. OK, so what's the third mistake then? What's what's the third thing you typically see? Oh, I thought we just talked about five mistakes just right there. So <laughs> we talk about two. OK. All right. Now let's go to the let's go to the let's go to the third one. So the third mistake is people really overestimated the power for social medias. So what I mean by that is we know TikTok and Snap and Pinterest, they all do live stream shopping, right? Yeah. So one of the, the mistakes, a lot of people think, yeah, I'm already doing live stream shopping. I'm doing live stream on TikTok. I'm doing live stream on YouTube. YouTube has YouTube live, et cetera. I'm spending all the time there, right? And I already talked about in the first mistakes that don't just do it on other people's places. But this time people think, well, you know what? I'm doing there because they can drive traffic, right? There are hundreds of thousands of people watching my live stream for YouTube, for example, and I hope they can all come to my website. So the mistake on that is social actually doesn't really drive traffic to your website to transact. What we find there is actually data points that less than 2.4, in general, is about 2%, less than 2% of your website traffic is driven by social. Mm -hmm. Less than two percent. Actually, your email sense. subscriber, your email subscriber drove drove about four point seven percent traffic to your website. Mm -hmm. So retailers should develop more on their emails to get people to back. And Fiverr has a technology where you can embed the entire short video in the live stream feed in the email. So the fresh market, for example, as a grocery retailers, majority of their engagements is from their emails. Every day they are sending millions of email to their uh, communities. 
And now they're telling their community to say, look, now I have the short videos. Every week they're sending, you know, using short video to do food recipes, right? Hey, here's today's food recipe in a form of short videos. That's kind of how they're doing that, right? They actually get people to watch. They get hundreds of thousands of people to watch all the short video every single day using email as a channels mm-hmm. and to get back to the website, to shop and et cetera. The point there really is that the, co- the actual commerce activity is not necessarily coming from the live stream. It's coming from the placement where the video ends up being across all the different platforms that are out there. Am I saying that the right way? Is that is that the point to drive home with the retailers? Yeah, that are so listening? The, yes, the commerce, the, the essentially what I'm saying is the short video and live should need to be in the places where shopping actually happen, which right. is directly on a website, right? It cannot be just elsewhere, et cetera. Even when people embed that things onto the emails, they have to click it. But as soon as they click it, they actually have to watch the live stream exactly on a website. It's the same thing how people do influence marketing, right? Influence marketing is another areas where everybody's CMO is doing it wrong. Everybody just paying money. So look at what happened. You pay money to a brand investor influencer. They do a shout out for you on Snap, on social, and that shout out disappear in 24 hours, right? Right. But what do you get? What do you really accumulate? Do you get a bunch of you real conversion? No, I've never seen a CMO that get real ROI from influence marketing. What do you get? Do you get some users? No, the user doesn't belong to the brand. The user didn't belong to the influencer, right? But the post disappeared, right? And people say, well, but I put on YouTube. YouTube is always there. But YouTube algorithm deprioritize some content after 24 hours. And that's pretty much it. So do we get it, right? So do you actually get user? No. Do you own the user? No. Do you get the shopping? No, right? So that's also a wrong way. But the right way to do that is you still leverage your influencer program, have people to do shout out. But again, I think Chris, as you said, drive people to the website, right? When they are watching the live stream, bring them to the website to watch the live stream. I'll give you an example, Kylie. Kylie Jenner has a Kylie Cosmetics, right? She's starting to learn how to use the live streams, right? She has huge following based on Instagram, but of course that's a real asset. But she's not using IGTV. She was basically talking to her fan base. They said, look, tomorrow night, I'm going to show you all the new makeup, all the new product line I'm dropping. Swipe up and see more. As soon as they swipe up, they go to kylicosmetics.com because she knows as soon as you can drive the user away from social to the website, and then you watch the short video or the live stream, conversions increased almost 10%. Session lens increased 20, 20 times, right? That's kind of the key ideas. Right. And she's got the power to do that too, as do many influencers in this conversation. Yeah. It's interesting. It goes back to what you said at the very beginning too, in terms of like where, you know, the app, the app dynamics here in terms of whether you're playing in an app or you're playing on your own website, the first point that you raised. So I got to imagine Vincent, then your company probably gets a, a great window into how retailers are dealing with digital transformation overall. Like what are, what are some of the, I mean, we've talked about your three points already of mistakes people make with live stream, but what are some of the takeaways you'd have for the audience around how to handle digital transformation, this idea of omni-channel retailing, uh, the human connection side of all that goes on in that, that video is now a key, you know, component of, right. You know, what are your thoughts there? Yes, I think, digital, Chris, when you put it, digital transformation is a very important piece, but digital transformation is and word has been around for 20 years, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And it's the way I true. call it, there are there are three waves of digital transformation. The first wave of digital transformation, people say, I have a website. Great. You transform your business. You now have a website. That's the first wave of digital transformation. 
second wave of tra digital transmission and say, I have a social account now. I have a Snapchat account. Great, congratulations. You finished the second <laughs> wave of digital transmission, right? Now, this is the third wave of digital transmission. So what is, the, what is the key trigger that powers the third? I think there are a few. So first, we need to understand what drives this new wave, the third wave of digital, and then we see how do we address that. The first wave is video, right? Mm -hmm. That's the first way because now infrastructure is much better now, even in countries like India. Now everybody can have, you know, the LT to 4G. So streaming video is become doable now, like before, mm -hmm. right? That's why the infrastructure cost for streaming video has become to a way that can drive the mass adoption. Second thing is millennial and Gen Z, they just have a paradigm shift about how they consume content they demand a very different experience. This is what I call the mobile born, mobile born, social born. I call them the tap, tap generation. Everything is like tap, attention span is short. Everything is a mobile, right? Also, right? When millennial and Gen Z is the core audience base, the way how they consume content is different. That also trigger a transformation, mm -hmm. right? And the third way to trigger transformation is the web 3.0s. The world is actually moving from centralized to decentralized. Mm -hmm. Because right? in the past, the web 2.0 is everything is centralized to five social medias. But now when they move to decentralized is, right, every single company is building up their own digital experience. Every right. single company, no matter how big they're doing what direct to consumer, they want to own the consumer. They don't want to just, you know, work purely on Facebook to owning, semi-owning the consumer through intermediate. They don't want to intermediate. They want to own consumer directly. I think it's these three key triggers that drive this wave of digital transformation. Okay, now we understand what's the key driver. What are the key elements of digital transformation? I think it get across many, many ways in omnichannel. channel. Number one, how content was discovered on the website need to be changed, right? How you yeah. deliver content needs to be different. It's not image, it's not text, it's not traditional video, right? It needs to be short video and interactive live stream. Second, how you do advertising, how you do marketing needs to be changed. Because before that, you're just buying ads, buying traditional banner ads, right? You're buying pre-rolls, et cetera. But now we know millennia, they block banner ads. Mm -hmm. Gen Z, right? They don't even, they, everybody was trying to all what they can to block ads. So how do you do ads now? How do you drive more traffic, right? Last generation, we do a lot of media buy on Facebook and Snap. And now with the new privacy changes coming from iOS and Android, it's very difficult to buy the right audience on social anymore. So right. what do you do again, right? That's the second, how you do media. Right. And the third is how you do social. Right. We all need to have a second look about social. Now we know, right, the more deeper understanding about social. Social is not everything. Right. So that's the third one. How you change. How do you do commerce? Is your shopping experience the most optimized shopping experience on a website that need to be changed? Right. How do you do influencer marketing? So these are the five ways how we talk. What's your onsite experience? How do you do social? How do you do your um, current, you know, media by strategy and everything? That's kind of what I call the digital transformations and everything needs to be changed. And the web 3.0 conversation has me going back to, you know, what you said with Kylie too. I mean, that's, that's indicative of that. Exactly. Right. right. Her taking, taking it from the website. Her preparing for that eventuality. Too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because now more and more people understand, because before that they are driving all the traffic to social mm -hmm. and then they realize what do they get in return? They're helping Facebook to become Facebook. It is now what they're doing. They're trying to build their own website to drive the traffic from social to build their own legacy. Otherwise, what do you have? You have a Facebook account, right? 
Right. And this is the many things I talk many to because we also have a media business. I talk a lot to publisher media. Many publishers say, what are you doing for videos? Oh, I have a TikTok account. I have an influencer. I have an IG account, right? But again, when I put on my former investment banking account, their multiple is terrible, these uh, publishers. Why? Why investor? Why financial market is not interested in investing in those business? Because they're undifferentiated. So before the social days, company have three to four competitors. But now, if you only focus on social, you're competing with 20 million teenager boys and girls who has way more followers than the traditional mm-hmm. companies do, right? So again, this is the, 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 again, the third way. Well, let me ask you a question because I think we'd go here, but this is why I love doing the show because I get to ask things that are coming to my mind, you know, like, you know, just in yeah. the moment. And absolutely. So like part of, part of that, part of the way that construct works, right? The TikToks, the Facebooks or whatever, is there an, an aggregator of all this media, all this content for us, the user? So how do the, how, how do you think about the fact that, you know, if people go this direction where it's more decentralized, like you say, and they start taking control of their own content, how do they get, how do they still get the eyeballs to that, to that content? Like, how do they get through the clutter when it's not made as easy for us as we're traditionally knowing it to be? Like, how, how do I think Very about good. that going forward? Very good questions. I think the key res- the key answer for that is community. So let me give you an example. So um, okay. Ralph Lauren is an example. They spend a lot of time building a social following. They get 100,000 followers, but their website has tens of millions of people come to the website every single month. Right? Because everybody knows the brand. Everybody want to check out the website. What do they have new, et cetera. Their website traffic actually is about 100 times bigger than their social mm-hmm. traffic. There are so many, many right, brands. Yesterday I was t- talking to a really high-end luxury groups, which is the biggest competitor to LVMH. When I talked to their teams, one thing what I find astonishing, they told me 20 years ago, majority of their sales happen on retailer, on elsewhere. Now, as of today, 80% of their sales happen direct to consumer right. on their website. This company has over $10 billion in revenues, right? Everything happens on their website. They're not selling on Amazon. They're not selling on eBay. Everything they sold exclusively on their website. So how do people go there, right? Again, once you're starting to build a habit of, hey, you know, think about Wobby Parker, mm-hmm. right? Think about Dollar Shave Club. Think about a lot of those, right? Products can only be purchased on a website. And then if they're doing a very good job about building a communities, Right. Think about Lululemon. Lululemon is doing Lululemon. Lululemon is doing a very good job about building a communities, right? To get people come back to the website. So that is actually the key thing. So many, many people. Yeah. They're doing. yeah. To repositioning and also to rethink their website. Their website is is no longer just an information board. Hey, here's the address. The website almost become their own version for social media, it's where people can. Yeah, such a transition to what it was before. I mean, I think that we saw people moving into social, like mm. you don't, who cares about the website and we just have to make sure that you have a presence. You can shop your Instagram page and all of these things get up and running here. Not about, you know, building that website. And now it's like, it's coming back around. Yeah, I got to think about that. Some heady stuff developing going on right that. there. Yeah. In terms of how that plays out. Well, I, I want to dig into your community aspect a little bit, Vincent, because mm. I'm curious, like you gave the example of Lululemon, um, and is it, is it then drawing people into stores again? Like how, how do they uh-huh. develop this, this connection? Where does it come from? Cause I, I mean, you think you still have to have the traffic drivers to drive to the website, 
but um, you know, if only some of that's coming from social, there's got to be another place that, that that's coming from. Yeah. Where do you see what other channels yeah. Yeah. is that yeah. coming from? That's very good. So I think social drove is about 2% traffic. Email drove about close to 5% traffic. That's yeah. why when you visit so many D2C websites, they always wanted to capture email address so that they okay. can you know, get you hooked up, right? Email right. is the one. But uh, 30% of the traffic is what I call direct traffic. People directly type in lululemon.coms, you know, the forever21.coms. If you really build a strong brand that can emotionally connect it with the audience, people will come back and to shop. And also particularly if they know your website is the only place they can buy your products. So I'll give you an example. Let's think about old school is about food, right? CPG food, which mm -hmm. their whole goal is about, they want to have their products sold everywhere on retailer and on retailer, right? Yeah. But on new age, there are so many brands, they are now making, you know, now what they're doing is you cannot find their product elsewhere. The only way to buy is their website. Think about all the meal subscription plan. Could you buy the meal subscription plan at Walmart? No, it only has to happen on the website. Yeah. Think about Stitch Fix and Birchbox and a lot of those. Only website you can buy, right? You can buy the product. So that's kind of more and more people are doing that. And also your email is another one. Direct traffic is a very good one. But of course, people do a lot of paid media. But what I see is about people are not adding more money into social. They're actually adding more money onto the open web. They're doing more Google search, okay. paid Google search. They're also doing more uh, paid display okay. to drive traffic to the website because from a cost perspective, right? Social is more commodity, is more uh, monopoly, right? When things are monopoly, when three apps dominate the things, price is very high. Open web is about a hundred times bigger than social. The price is fairly low and it's continually effective. So that's why if you look at a cost per click perspective, open web, open web still deliver cost per click, which is the third to fourth cheaper. And also yeah. when cookies going away, user level targeting is so hard, contextual targeting comes back, which actually give birth to the new open web. Right. And content, right? I mean, that's the, the biggest, one of the biggest drivers is how do you take the content that already exists on your website and, you know, creating as many versions, doing as much with that content as you possibly can, which is what you and the team at Firework have been helping brands and retailers do, right? Yes. Yeah. We help a lot of them do content. So what we do is we build a very sophisticated, what we call creation um, platform, similar to Adobe Premiere, but Adobe Premiere was created to help creator who's already good to be better. What Fiverr is trying to do is helping retailer and D2C brand who is not good at creating content at all, right? Clearly they're not the candidate can create a TikTok video because you need to be able to do five backflips in a row to create a TikTok, right? So, but what we build is about empower them to use even image. We wanted to create, it's so easy that creating a short video is almost like creating five PowerPoint slides. Right, so that easy. That's why if you again, if you go to Safeway, if you go to the Fresh Market, just homepage, you will see all the video. It's all using the Firework tools. It's actually very easy to create, and also it's very fun to create. Right, right, which is a great segue too. And, and as former former executives at Target, I always love having guests like you on too because there's these buzzwords that pop all the time. Yeah, you know, and and you know, and everyone in retail should suddenly be getting on board with them and doing everything they can with them. But the question I want to ask you is. You know, from your experience and working with the companies that you you have, like you've mentioned, what are some of the key ingredients you see to success in terms of uh, mm. who the influencers are in those organizations yeah, yeah, that are yeah. able to really drive this home? Like, yeah, where yeah. does this shit? Where should it sit? Because, quite yeah. honestly, it gets pretty broad pretty quickly. Right. But yeah. what are you seeing in terms of the people that are doing it well? 
Exactly. So we actually just talk internally to all of our teams and just the sharing experience in, in-house. So I always call every single big company, there need to be a change agent. There need to be a one person who is the champions who want to push it forward, right? So normally on the retailer side, where I see that person normally sits into or one is chief digital officer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So the chief, you know, if you look at all the company who are our customer, mostly the buyers are the chief digital officer because their role, right, was really about driving the digital experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Another role is very important is the um, in many companies that tend to have the head of digital transformations or chief transformation officers, right? A VP of innovations or um, VP of future shopping. I started to see more and more company. If you look at Lululemon, they have a direct team just called future shopping team. Mm-hmm. Their whole idea was searching around the world to find what's the next generation shopping experience, mm-hmm. right? So they're the one that figuring out short videos, live stream. They're the one that already starting to talk about NFTs, the metaverse, the VRs, et cetera. So, so I've definitely seen that team is actually carrying a lot of the way to transform the entire companies. Is, is one of those better than the other? Like, is it, is it, you find it more productive to be going to the chief digital is, officer um, than the other side of that? Or I'm just curious. Um, yeah, I think it, you know, it depends on a company. So most okay. of the company, what I would see is chief digital officers mm-hmm. are the That's one that think. drive the mm-hmm. changes and they have much bigger org. The innovation officer or VP of future shopping uh, in most of the company, it's important but the authority they have, right? The influencing power, even when I talk to a lot of them, I realize their influencing power is still limited to- Yeah, it's kind of still on an island, innovations, so to speak. Yeah. Right, innovations. But if the chief digital office or the CMO has the innovation mindset, I think that usually you will see a huge change coming out of it. Yeah. Well, Vin- Vincent, I kind of, I want to try to bring this all together here and, uh, and get an understanding. We talked about what to avoid at the beginning, but- yeah. How do retailers and brands really know once they've either started working with Firework or they're starting to think about, you know, what their digital transformation of what phase they're in of the digital transformation, how do they know if they're doing this right? Like what's Uh, the right right. key to like, what kind of KPIs do they, should they be putting together? Like, how does that all change now? Exactly. So that's a very good question. So, um, let me give you an example. Let's say I use a multi-brand retailer, right? Either groceries or big box retailer. So this is how normally what I tell them the success is. And it's everything is measurable. So the KPI is, is I broke it down to two types of KPI. One is direct contribution. Second is indirect contribution. So if they really implement well, let's say, you know, using Firework to do all short video, to do all live stream on a website, number one, their session lines, right? The session lines yeah, per yeah. visit, normally they should see a double or a triple. They can immediately see that within seven to 30 days. That's the first one. Okay. The second one is conversion rate. This is not no brainer. When they do it right, you will see double, triple, quadruple increase on the conversion rate on that. This is also a very good one. The third is the repeat purchase or, you know, LTV, lifetime value for the customers. Because you're going to do it in a habit, right? One of the mistakes people do it, only do live stream once. They're testing right. it once <laughs> and they do it again. They're like, oh, I tried it once, never worked. I'm like, essentially you're telling me you upload a video to YouTube, hoping you can be ninja with 30 million follower and you are not and you blame YouTube, right? You should blame yourself. 
So right. So right. you right. need a continuous effort. You need to do all the time because consumer habit doesn't change and want to change, right? But once the consumer realizes, oh, every Friday night, that my favorite brand is dropping new product that I can watch. Every Tuesday night on Safeway, I can watch the new cooking shows. Every Tuesday nights, I'm gonna go there much more often, whether or not I'm gonna buy product or not. Right. So it's those like are programming. The it's like TV programming of old. Exactly. You know? it's, like, you're gonna have the addictive is... things into yeah. it, right? Yeah, right. that's a good analogy, though. Yeah. Right. So those are the three what I call the direct attributions, which is session time, conversion rate, repeat purchase. But then there is also the indirect, which is actually very interesting. Many people think live stream is just used for sell product. No, no, no. Live stream is also good to use to introduce new products before you even take it to manufacture. There is a company in China it's called Shein. I'm sure yeah. you probably heard yeah. of that. It's, uh, it's, it's very, very big. It's actually bigger than Zara plus Gap combined. The yeah. one key thing, why can it do such a good job into that is their inventories are almost zero. They're able to launch thousands of new SKU without holding any inventory. Why? How come? The reason is they're able to predict very well the consumer behaviors using short video and live stream. We Fire are also developing our own predictive models due to Based on just looking at the user engagement for a live stream, we can know very with high confidence whether this product going to sell where or not. And then the brand can decide to see how much inventory they want to manufacture. If there's no engagement, you don't need to send to the manufacturer teams. That can do very well predicting the sales for any retailer, any brands. Also, another thing what I see the indirect benefits is return. For a clothing brand, for example, 30, 40% of the product ended up consumer returning that. When you return a clothes of pants, the value goes down to zero. It eats up your gross margins. Right? But when people are using short video on the live stream to show it, because I can see it, right? right. Mm -hmm. You know, I it's never find my on a website, right? Exactly, right. I never find the right size of my pants. But now when I see it in videos, like, oh, this might not be the fit, that might be the good fit. Mm -hmm. Right. I've seen clients significantly reduce the return rates. When you reduce the return rates, your margin, your gross margin really doubles because gross margin for e-commerce is really bad. Not because of user acquisitions. Well, user acquisition is bad too because there's no repeat purchase. Every customer is on new. Right. That's terrible, <laughs> right? But, but the other thing is your return eat up the margin. So if you right. do well into this, your entire LTV to CAT is going to improve a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, I love what you just, I love, there's one part I love that you said in that, in that last statement too is, is like, if you're gonna do innovation or something along the lines of digital transformation in terms of what we've been discussing today, the other key thing to think about is you gotta stick with it. Right. Right. You're not yeah, gonna get right. it right the first time, yeah. right? And you, yeah. you gotta yeah. stick with it, you gotta refine it, you gotta decide what your time horizon is for the analysis. But I think, and cause I've lived it, I've seen it. So many retailers think, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll try it, do it once, see if it works. You know, if it works, I'll get it right. I'm, cause I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I'm retailer, I'm gonna get it right. But it doesn't work that way. You have to stick yeah. with it. You have to have the plan and you go to it. So that's I think so that's wrong. It. Yeah, that's yeah, so, so wrong, wrong how you think ahead. about yeah. doing one time, right? It's almost like adopting a CRM. Many people in the early days of CRM, oh, I'm going to try sales for a CRM. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to see, does my sales increase? <laughs> <laughs> right? If my sales doesn't increase, I blame Salesforce. I'm like, no, 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 you should blame yourself, right? It's uh, the same thing how we started a podcast. Let's try one to see, you know, do, do we have all the, no, it's a repeatable, right? You're going to do on and on. So then people know, oh, wow, that's, I can, every week there's new drop of content. I'm going to come back every, I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to keep yes. doing that. Yeah. Which is so different than how retailers think because traditionally like they've opened stores. Like I've got my next store and that's right. going to be the store I'm going to ride for the next two or three years because that's the mentality they're in. But I think it's a great, great point.
point to close on here. Yeah. I, I love that. Vincent, this, this was, I mean, I've, I've, the time has just flown. We've learned yeah. so much. It's just so different. I'm so thankful for all of the people in the audience that were able to join us and for people that will be listening to this, because you have, you have shared so much just about how they really need to shift their thinking as they are approaching what real digital transformation is, what real digital content development is, and then live streaming being one of those factors, but certainly not the only thing to be considering as they're putting together their strategies. Um, I, I want to note, Vincent, you're going to be joining us um, at Shop Talk. Firework is going to be sponsoring all of our live streaming from the Shop Talk yeah, conference. Firework MC. Yes. Yes. Um, so you, we're going to break down the news each day from the event, including you're going to be on a panel on Tuesday. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Perfect. So Tuesday morning, um, we will be, Vincent will join us around lunchtime on Tuesday. But if people want to get in touch with you and the team at Firework, either at Shop Talk or they want to learn more about Firework, they're so excited by this conversation. They want to talk to you right now. Where should they go? Yeah, so my email is vincent at firework.com. Everybody can guess it. It's very easy. You can just hit me right there. And <laughs> or LinkedIn. So I will just on there. And if you prefer to meet in person, I'll be in the shop talk for that week. So, you know, and a lot of us will be there. So I would be loving to actually meet over there as well. Excellent. All right, Ann. Well, that, that, that wraps us up, I yeah. think, Ann. Yeah. Thank you, Vincent. Vincent Yang, CEO and co-founder of Firework. Thanks for sitting down with us today. Thanks to all of you for joining us live for the conversation who happened to come and be a part of this on LinkedIn today. And as always, to close it up, be careful out there.